1: The, the, the games are over, but the game never stops. Never, never stops. This is college football overtime with Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon.
0: The college football transfer portal. I have to say it's the biggest news of the week. Um, Malachi Nelson. He's the first big name that jumped in this week. Former five-star player from the class of 2023 was committed to Lincoln Riley when he was still coaching at Oklahoma back in 2021. And then two days after Lincoln Riley, of course, changes over to USC, he follows his commitment. He, alongside of Zachariah Branch, they were the crown jewels of that first class, the first full class for Lincoln Riley to come in at USC. Are you starting to get a little worried about what's going on at USC?
1: I wouldn't say I'm worried, uh, because there's always gonna be options. I mean, there's still guys that are in the portal uh now that you could grab and and potentially be starting. This one did uh raise my eyebrow a bit. It, it, and less in regards to um Malachi Nelson. I just I kinda had penciled him in after a year of sitting behind Caleb Williams, um, to mm-hmm. to to try and be the favorite to go win that job and, and, and be the starting quarterback for sc as they enter into the big 10 so you wonder what happened right like did he ask for nil money that the collective there in los angeles maybe couldn't come up with uh did lincoln riley tell him it's going to be an open competition and he didn't want to <laughs> deal with that uh did did coach straight up tell him or, or or maybe not tell him but just doesn't feel like he's good enough to to lead the program uh and be the starter i, I mean who knows but um, it felt like it was an obvious, here's your next guy. And, and I guess now not so much. So very interested to see where he goes, kind of like Dante Moore of UCLA, a uh, little LA connection there. Uh, both guys can have multiple years of eligibility, both guys, uber talented, um, and, and both guys ultimately looking for somewhere else to play. Now there's always the option that they do come back. Uh, let, us not forget you can enter the transfer portal and ultimately <clears throat> stay, where you are. It's not the most common thing, but, um, in this situation, I'm not necessarily ruling that out. Um, only because it, it it makes sense in, in regards to, um, you know, this is, this is college football's version of a holdout. Right. Uh, and, and if that's how it plays out, um, ultimately he could come back. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily predict it, but I'm not ruling it out either, but, uh, uber talented guy, there's only five, five stars from that class and pretty much none of them had done anything of any significance uh, yeah. thus far. So uh, something to keep an eye on for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and one of the more worrying themes of this announcement is is players, and specifically quarterbacks, who transfer away from Lincoln Riley's system tend to not do very well. It's one of the most quarterback-friendly systems that exist in college football. I mean, just look at the, the, the track record that he has of producing. Heisman-winning quarterbacks. He what, has three. Um, I mean he was able to pre- to develop some guys and, and now they're playing at the high, the highest level in the NFL. And, um, the decision doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I think it came from just the fact that he was, uh, he being Lincoln Riley was looking into guys like Will Howard or Cam Ward or Malik Murphy. And he saw the, the reports that he was interested. And maybe my Malachi Nelson took that personally. Of course, I'm speaking, just, I, I'm just thinking wildly here. Um, I don't. I haven't read that necessarily, but maybe he was offended by, by that fact. I really don't know. But this day and age of college football, you really have to be constantly recruiting your own players because he's a very talented young man. And as a result, you, when you have talented people like that, those guys are going to receive interest from the portal. And like you mentioned, it doesn't mean that he's not coming back. It doesn't mean that um, it's really hard to draw any too, too many conclusions from this. Of course, this is, the news is still very fresh. Uh, we've seen a few instances where people put their name into the portal and then come back. It's not normally the way that people do things, uh, but it's not off the table. I just don't really know where Lincoln Riley is going to go at quarterback. Now it feels very much like it's not Miller Moss is going to be the guy in the bowl game. He is the only scholarship quarterback that they have on the roster, but it it feels increasingly likely that they're going to have to go to the portal and go find a new guy. To, to carry the load unless he believes that Miller Moss is going to be that guy, but you have zero scholarship scholarship players in the class of 2024 and the class of 2025, you have zero, zero commitments because you of course you have Julian Lewis, the Carrollton player, the uh, five-star player. Who's people compared to, to Trevor Lawrence. He's an extremely talented quarterback. He's the only guy that you have in the pipeline right now, outside of him, it's very bare. And that feels really weird to say about a Lincoln Riley team. I don't expect this to be the case for very long, uh, whether it's Malachi Nelson coming back to USC or one of these other top flight quarterbacks making their decision to go to USC. I don't think it's going to be a problem for very long, uh, just based off of the track record that Lincoln Riley has at USC. But anyway, I do want to get into some of our biggest winners uh, that we've seen so far. We're two weeks in, I think two weeks marked on on today. Actually, I'm pretty sure today was the, when it opened uh, just a little bit ago. So I do want to hit on our biggest winner, and I think the biggest one starts and ends with Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss has a golden opportunity. We talked to Roman Harper on Saturday, SEC Network host, and he was on with College Football Game Time on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. And one of the biggest things he said was, look, you have a schedule that lines up. You have deeper pockets for name, image, and likeness. You have a coach that's interesting and dynamic enough that he's going to attract high-level players. And then you have the talent that you're, that's already there in place. And you play the conference and you avoid a lot of the big dogs. Uh, and the, the biggest dogs on your schedule, of course, from Georgia and Oklahoma, they're coming to Oxford. So it lines up very nicely. And the expansion to the 12-team playoff next year really opens the door. You add in the fact, the name, image, and likeness money that they have that they could, fit, they could funnel towards some of these younger players. Look, you have the number one and the number two edge defenders in this class. Florida's Princely um- – I cannot say his last name.
1: Can you say his last name? You. Just go with you. I stick with you. Princely you. Uh, yeah. I'll
0: call it you. And uh, Tennessee's Tyler Barron. Those are the number one and the number two edge players in this class. Uh, they also hosted Walter Nolan, who's the number one overall player, who, who's going to be a difference maker. Uh, Walter Nolan, of course, the defensive lineman transferring from Texas A&M. Look, Texas- if it's team's. They've been strong everywhere as far as the offense is concerned. You're returning a lot of that talent, but then you're adding in a juice wells. I mean, look, the biggest weakness has consistently been pressure rate and allowing yards per play. You add in those two guys that immediately helps. It alleviate, alleviate some of that pressure. Um, the issues that they've had in terms of pressure, you add in a Walter Nolan, that's a game changer. And I'm talking very seriously. They're not a dark horse candidate anymore. You add a Walter Nolan on top of everything else that you've already done. I'm looking at a potential national championship contender.
1: Yeah, look, this is a team that's returning a quarterback that I believe and I think you believe that you can win with Jackson Dart. You, you got Quinchon Judkins is going to be back because uh, he's a true sophomore. He doesn't have any other choices. I, I guess theoretically Portal would have been a choice. But he's, I mean, said,
0: he's, he's he, hinted he's coming back.
1: In he's that. not going pro is, is what I meant. And, and Jackson Dart, you start there. Uh, and then you add, like you mentioned, uh, a top SEC receiver who was banged up a little bit this year out of South Carolina, Juice Wells, uh, and then a bunch of dudes, just a bunch of dudes on defense, mm-hmm. which is going to be uh, what Lane Kiffin needs to make the, make up that difference. Uh, they are hitting the portal to an extent where you do have to question um, and wonder uh, just just how how high they could potentially perform mm-hmm. uh, next season. Because I, I think you're right, a- a- and look. I don't want to play the schedule game and go through it, but th- this is very clearly a push to bridge a gap, right? Um, they went heads up against Georgia. They went heads up against Alabama, uh, LSU. I-, I mean, they've played some of the best teams in the country. They, they, uh, He, Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. understands the difference between their, where they were and where they need to be. I think he saw it. I mean, he's seen it obviously up close when he was an assistant, but Uh, I I think further stressed that it's not going to just be on Jackson Dart's shoulders to get this done. And so he went and got some help for Dart. He went and got some help for the defensive side of the ball. They're making a push to compete. There's no question about it. And Garrett, this is where you get into the difference between a 14 playoff and a 12 team playoff, right? I don't know if they're good enough to win a national championship. uh, When you add in these transfers, maybe they are, maybe they're not but are they good enough to play their way through a season to where they're one of 12 to give themselves a shot to then go get a championship? I I think they are. And so now you start to see coaches who try and figure out where they are, what they need um, and how to bridge those, those gaps. And Lane Kiffin has, as you mentioned, he's not the only one whose uh, team and school has taken a a big improvement uh, or supposed expected improvement Mm -hmm. from the portal. But I agree with you. He's one that really jumps out, and every every couple hours I see another guy. I know there's rumors of uh, Mississippi State's top cornerback entering the portal and going uh, across state to Ole Miss as well. So, yeah, they're they're taking advantage. They're filling in gaps, and they're trying to, to bridge it uh, to get to where those teams are. If you ask me right now, based on what I know they have returning and what they've now added, if they're going to be one of those 12 at the end of next season, uh, I I would probably lean more so than a lot of other SEC schools. I'd probably lean yes.
0: Yeah, I I feel like they've entered their name into the hat, you know. I mean, especially in this day and age of the SEC as well because we talk about the expansion to a 12-team playoff. That's one of the big things that's happening coming up this season. But they're also doing away with divisions. Like, Mm -hmm. they, they aren't trapped behind Alabama next season. All they have to do is be one of the top two teams, potentially, and then they can go play for an SEC championship game. Uh now that's step one, of course, but that's one way of making it. The other way is just doing just enough and making it as a as an at large team, which very much feels like they might get some home playoff games. And it's weird to be talking about home playoff games, and it feels like we're talking about the NFL almost, but uh nope, this is college football. This is the new reality that we're gonna have coming up here in 2024, and that part is very exciting. And I think it's exciting for programs like Ole Miss because they understand that they can gear up and go for it in a year like this, where the schedule lines up, where you have enough experience that you can sprinkle talent to fill in the gaps. and uh, You could really make a run. And I think that this is lining up very nicely for Lane Kiffin. This could be the best team that he's ever had in Oxford. And I think that lines up very nicely for him coming up ahead of this season. Another big winner. I do want to talk about year two for Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, of course, the issues were quite apparent after you watch the team. You, you the team plays for the first couple of games, and, and they look really good, and they're kind of a, a flash in the pan of sorts. The biggest issue, of course, was glaring. It was the offensive line and protecting protecting Shadour Sanders. He was hit more than any other quarterback in college football this past season, and they've added fifteen new players in the transfer portal. And they have included the, the biggest thing on that was the offensive line. Seven new players on the offensive line. On top of that, Will Shepard, the top wide receiver in the transfer portal coming in from Vandy. He has 2000 total yards at Vanderbilt. Last couple of years. He's a very big addition for him.
1: Yeah. They, this was sorely needed. I, I, I look Dion. First off, let me say this. Dion's no dummy. Um And he looked at, things i think he knew going into the year last year what was going to be a real problem and it was um and and i think he had all along been like all right we we're gonna get the portal we're gonna do this year one and try and get this base right and they got the three wins as a base um and and now they are taking the obvious uh next step which is to build up uh there's still gonna be questions on the other side of the ball i i i kind of wish he had done a little bit more work on the defensive line as well. Uh, I do think they're going to get moved around quite a bit up front. Um, but, but yeah, th- th- this is um, self-serving in a couple of ways, right? It's obviously going to help out the team and the offense to give his quarterback a little bit more time. But uh, on a personal level, um, it is a huge step in allowing Sharer Sanders to develop properly as he takes – Um, what what is likely a year to continue development and raise up draft boards, Mm -hmm. um, and, and the ability to stand back there confidently and survey a field and make throws that we already know he can make because he's been outstanding when he has been protected, um, just in terms of getting him to the NFL, getting him seen and to the next level, uh, this was a big step for that as well. Uh, it's a great job by Dion so far, but it does have to translate, um, you Know we, we swung the pendulum quite a bit in regards to Dion last year. We started here, he got a win, it swung way over here two wins, three wins, then it did swing back. And so, uh, he, he's got to slow down the swing into that pendulum and kind of sit somewhere in the middle. Um, somewhere you would think or like to think around six or seven wins, uh, in his second season would be a, a pretty impressive mark. Um, especially as they do jump to a big 12 schedule that will have some winnable games as compared to what they face this year in the Pac 12.
0: Yeah. And I think they're going to have a much more manageable schedule. Actually, while you were saying that I pulled it up Um, look, you start up there with North Dakota state, which is no slouch. Let me tell you what Uh, North Dakota state is, is of course notorious at the FCS level for winning national championships. They're very, very tough opponent there. Uh, That's going to be taking place in Boulder, Colorado though. Then you have a trip to Lincoln, Nebraska, um, Colorado State, Arizona, Utah, Baylor. I mean, look, there are more winnable games on this schedule than there were last year. You don't have that. Like, you missed Texas. You don't, you don't have to play Texas. That's a big one. Uh There's no Oklahoma because they're no longer in the Big 12. Uh, of course, we have our guest here, <laughs> sweet Chipper. We love Chipper. Um, And look, look, I mean, it's a manageable schedule comparatively to uh, what it was this year. And uh I have higher expectations for Colorado. But one more I do want to get into before we move on. Fran Brown in Syracuse, huge, huge win. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, your heroes in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal
1: making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together.
1: I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called the, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Over the weekend, Kyle McCord, the quarterback, comes in and he commits to the Orange. He, uh, of course, played at Ohio State for the last year. He had a bit of a disappointing season, uh, I guess, by Ohio State standards. But as far as what you expect from a, a pretty good quarterback, this is about as good as it could get for Fran Brown. They're also in the mix for a bunch of other players that I think that they might hit on some of those mid-level guys. Uh, I know there, there are a couple of Georgia kids who were at least taking visits up there. And I talked to, we talked to Josh Pate about this on Saturday and oftentimes where there's smoke, there's fire. We'll see how much it actually translates and how many of those players they, that have visits and they're maybe doing them a solid turn into commitments and potential wins in his first year at Syracuse.
1: Yeah, this is uh Boy, you want to jumpstart your program, which is what Syracuse has needed in the wake of what uh, they had kind of become the last couple of years with Dino Babers. And you're right. This is a great first step uh, to to settle the quarterback position. You could start there, uh, but also with a guy that's going to have multiple uh, years to to play under uh, under you. Uh, And Fran Brown's done a great job. Look, We knew coming out of Georgia, he was highly touted as a top recruiter. Um, and while it's easy to recruit to Georgia for a number of reasons that you really don't have at your disposal with Syracuse, mm-hmm. uh, those skills are obviously transferring, uh, in his first couple of weeks there, he's done a great job. And I do expect, uh, look, Georgia had what 17 guys into the portal. I think at last glance, I do expect a, a handful of them, um, to end up, uh, there at Q's. And, and so he's got, a couple of good first steps to building a program. Um, And it's just, you look at the opportunities that Kyle McCord was going to have out of the portal. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I saw uh, Syracuse being, being his ultimate landing spot. Um, But that is a very strong acquisition for Fran Brown. And and you got to expect big things, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, you're building it up and you got to work on a class uh, and obviously you'll have a, full recruiting cycle next season but mm-hmm. um boy getting a quarterback in there that's going to help draw top receivers, top tight ends, uh running backs, all, all that sort of stuff. So this is a really big get for Fran Brown. I I think you've pretty much nailed the three teams. If you would ask me who I thought won the transfer portal in terms of incoming, um I think you're right. Syracuse, uh, excuse me, Ole Miss definitely would have been number 1 and, and not even far behind them I would have gone with Syracuse and then you make a great point with Colorado as well. So Uh, uh, coaches in different stages of uh, what they've been doing. Obviously, Deion's still building in year two, Fran Brown, just a couple weeks old there, year one. And then Lane Kiffin's been at uh, Ole Miss for a while now and using it differently to fill different needs, but all Mm -hmm. three taking big steps forward uh, in the portal at this time.
0: Yeah, and look, it it doesn't take nearly as long to turn around a program uh, as it did in the past. I mean, nowadays you've got, The almost endless potential. You don't have to build up through the prep ranks and and have to convince younger players to come up, and then you have to watch them develop. There's there's more splash potential for head coaches now with the transfer portal, and um, I think we're going to see that with Fran Brown. There's always one player, one coach every year who we see take a massive step forward in his first season as a head coach. Maybe that could be Fran Brown over at Syracuse. I think he's been the early winner as we are two weeks into this period.